All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill brought to you by Dive Sport. I'm Brian. I'll be your host today. I'm joined today by uh, Dom, David, and John. You guys turned uh, tuned in last week. Uh, you know that we're doing special episodes over the offseason. We're all stepping into being GMs for uh, different teams and basically telling what would we do during the offseason. So I'm just going to get right into it. This uh, episode, we are covering the AFC and NFC East. And I'm just going to give it right over to David, who is going to be covering the Bills. All right. Thanks, Brian. Uh, so, yeah, I'm covering the Buffalo Bills. And some of the things that the team needs are the defensive tackle, wide receiver, running back, guard, and cornerback. And as of right now, to my knowledge, the estimated cap space is about negative $3 million with a dead cap of little over $3 million. So a couple trades that I would do, get rid of guard John Feliciano, either trade him for a lower round draft pick and for a younger guard because the guy was in his early 30s and as a lineman that isn't necessarily the best age to be because it's probably the most physically demanding outside of maybe a running back or a receiver and puts most stress on your body. Uh, so either that or trade him for a mid to late, a couple of mid to late draft picks. Uh, and then I would get rid of defensive tackle star L trade him for some late round draft picks. And that would free up about $9 million on a 32 year old. Another, I would sign uh, a guard by the name of Ike on a one year deal worth about $2 million Early on in the draft, they had the 25th overall pick. According to the mock draft simulator that I had, I would trade it for the 49th and the 2023 New Orleans Saints first first round pick. And then with the 49th pick, I would get David Bell, a wide receiver out of Purdue, and then Jalen Petrie, safety for Baylor with the 57th. And that's what I have at the moment for you guys. I think that's pretty fair. Um, you know, there's not much that needs to be done to the team. It's just, you know, fine tuning around the edges. Mm-hmm. So I think you did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. And I was trying to get, make this a little bit younger too. So mm-hmm. definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Get rid of some of the older players, draft younger players to replace them kind of helps keep that what the bills dynasty that they're kind of building going forward any thoughts from you john i think it sounds fair um i'm just kind of curious uh what would you do with bill the for the bills running back i don't even know who the running back even is i was gonna try and get either someone uh either get someone from the draft or pick up someone with some experience uh, through free agency, and then if you pick up someone from a later round draft pick, like the fifth through the seventh round, have the experienced running back kind of mentor the person. Okay, because the um, the the not the Eagles, the the Bills, they're not really a, a running team, I would say. So yeah, maybe get somebody cheap that could just kind of manage the game. I mean, that's what I would do, but. We're going to be moving on to John, who's going to be stepping in as the Patriots GM. Good. 
Patriots, according to a lot of the NFL sources that I looked over, um, they need a cornerback, receiver, linebacker, offensive line, and a nose tackle or defensive tackle. Um, I played receiver in high school, but I'm more of a defensive guy when it comes to like running my own team. Like if I run a team in Madden on franchise mode, I, I always go with defense, which is ironic because I played offense. Um, but anyway, and I think Joe John built Belichick's a defensive guy. So uh, this one was kind of a little, uh, this one point I'm going to make, I think they should re-sign JC Jackson at corner. I know a lot of NFL sources have him going to the Cardinals, but I, I think they need to re-sign that guy. But in order for them to do that, uh, I think they need to cut Nelson Aguilar and, and Matt Judon, outside linebacker. And then I have to, for their old line help, I think they need to sign Dwayne Brown, offensive tackle for the Seahawks in free agency. And then I have them picking a linebacker to place replace Matt Judon. Uh, he's from he's from, his name's David Lloyd. He's a, U, a linebacker from Utah. And then I have them picking a receiver because they they need receivers in the second round, or maybe even on the third day, depending on where he falls. Uh, uh, he's from Western Michigan, Sky Moore. If I was the GM, and I think that's what Bill Belichick's going to do, I would really um, focus on defense right away. And, and out of the out of the information and the stuff that I was researching earlier today, they have the uh, Patriots going defense first in the draft. Uh, the New England Patriots have about ten point five million cap space. It's the eleventh lowest in the league. Um, so yeah, I, I think if they cut Judon and Nelson Aguilar, I, I think they'll have more money, obviously, and that's where I'm gonna go with them. I really like the addition of Sky Moore in the draft. I think they're at the point now where Mac Jones is the guy and they need to really fill out you know the wide receiving room to really give them some weapons to throw to. <laughs> it was, I think that was kind of lacking for them at times last year. Yeah, they definitely need to focus on helping uh, Mac Jones out more, whether that's through wide receivers like Dom said or through linemen as added protection or an extra running back or two uh, just to get it out of the pocket however you can. But, yeah, it, like you said, Bill Belichick is a defensive-minded coach first and foremost, and then he'll – work with his quarterback on how to do the offense. Yeah, I could see them going defense, but it would surprise me just because I feel like their team could use offense a lot more. I mean, like uh, Don said, definitely get Mac Jones some weapons. All right, so Don, you're taking over the Jets. God help you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to need it. <laughs> so looking over the roster – you know, being the GM, you're you're at a point now where you have your quarterback, your young quarterback that you're that you're building around. So you have that figured out. So now you're tasked with building the team around your young quarterback, which is going to be the difficult part for this team. Um, so starting things off, they're at about forty eight million dollars in cap space, which is one of the most in the league. Um, yeah. However, there are there are some cuts that I would make. Um, I would start <laughs> off by cutting. Um, Jabari Zuniga, I would cut Ty Johnson, um, offensive lineman Greg Van Rotten, and former 
2019-2020 first-round pick, Denzel Mims. He's really been non-existent for this team. Uh, hardly been able to see the field at this point. I think he's pretty much dead weight on the roster, so I would just get rid of him. Um, then I would re-sign offensive tackle Morgan Moses, left guard Dan Freeney. I would re-sign linebacker Gerard Davis. I would bring back Tevin Coleman, the running back, on like a league minimum deal. He's obviously not going to be their starting running back. He has depth to that running back room. And I think his veteran presence on a team that's going to be really young could potentially really work out for him. Then another big thing that they have to do is bring back Braxton Berrios. He had a huge year. Well, huge, relatively speaking, but he had a pretty big year. He solidified himself as at least a number three, number four wide receiver. He's going to be their starting punt kick returner. Pretty reliable. Him and Zach Wilson had a pretty good connection. I would do whatever it takes to bring him back. And then I would also bring back backup quarterback Mike White. Um, not really a big name, but he was able to step up when Zach Wilson went down and he played pretty well, showed that he can be a competent backup in the league. Moving on to free agency, and this is where things start to get a little bit interesting. Um, I would actually let Marcus May go. Um, he's their current starting safety. He's one of the better safeties in the league, but he's 29. You know, he's good, but he's not great. But there's a safety, Marcus May, that's available. Same draft class as Marcus May, but he's three years younger, and he's just a better safety. So I would go for the clear upgrade. He's a little bit better in terms of forcing turnovers, which is something that the Jets really struggled with. So go get Marcus May. And then I would go get Dalton Schultz because he's one of the better tight ends available and tight end has been pretty much ignored by the Jets for the past decade. I'd say they haven't had a, a really good tight end in years. So I would go get Dalton Schultz. It's another reliable weapon for Zach Wilson He's not going to be a huge game changer, but you know it's another reliable weapon that he can rely on. Next, I'd move to the defensive side and get Devondre Campbell uh, to start a linebacker for them. Reliable linebacker, great tackling. He's pretty weak in pass coverage, but just his tackling ability and his nose for the football really can't be replaced. I think he'd be a great addition to that defense. Next, I would go get more offensive line help, and I'd get Connor Williams. Uh, to start at offensive guard. The Jets' offensive line was rated one of the worst in the league last year. So I think going out and getting someone that can really help solidify the interior offensive line is going to be huge because uh, obviously having a, a better offensive line is good for any offense, but it's going to give Zach Wilson not only – it's not only going to give Zach Wilson more protection, but it's going to allow them to kind of rely on that run game a little bit more so it's not just on Zach Wilson. Then the last free agency signing I'd make is wide receiver DJ Shark. He's coming off of a year where he had a pretty big injury, but he should be fully healthy for the season. And when he's healthy, he's a, he's a good deep threat. He's got speed. He can take the top off the defense. I think he could be a good playmaker in this offense, especially with Zach Wilson, if he can stay healthy and develop more. I think that could be a pretty good combo. Moving on to the draft. The Jets actually have quite a few draft picks. They have four, or they have two first-round picks, number four and number ten. Um, so I'd get things started by solidifying the secondary and drafting Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. Then 
with the second first round pick, I would go get Charles Cross tackle out of Mississippi State, again, to help solidify that offensive line. Then I'd go get Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher out of FSU. And then, John, you kind of stole my pick with Sky Moore, but if you're still available for the Jets, I will take him. Moving on, I will, again, solidify, help solidify that secondary and get Jalen Dietre, the cornerback out of Baylor. Then the rest of the draft, I'm just adding depth. So I'm adding linebacker Troy Anderson out of Montana, Damian Pierce, the running back out of Florida, Noah Ellis, defensive tackle out of Indiana. And then with the last pick, I'm taking tight end Derek D.C. Jr. So the goal, I think, for the Jets this offseason is not to build a team that can go compete for a Super Bowl or for the playoffs. It's let's start to build a solid foundation for this team going forward and to just start seeing incremental improvement because they have not done so in a decade. So I think this offseason would be a big offseason for them, and I think they can really start laying that foundation. No, I was just going to say, I like, I mean, I definitely feel like this year, I mean, they have a lot of cap space to use. So I definitely think it's a good year for them to build that foundation. I think they have the longest active playoff drought in the league. So, I mean, just building towards, you know, reaching that goal would be great for them. Absolutely. And just because they have so much cap space doesn't mean they need to go spend it all in this offseason. Because, you know, if if all these most of these draft picks, if they end up being good picks, you're going to have to re-sign them in a couple of years. You're you're going to have to re-sign Zach Wilson. You're going to want to bring in other players down the road mm-hmm. to fill out this roster. Plus, you also have to have some cap space to be able to sign your draft picks. Who's your who was your backup? Did you say Dominic? Uh, quarterback? Yes. I should I say gonna, I was gonna bring back Mike White. Okay, is he a runner? I feel like I've I've heard that name before. A little bit. I mean, he's he's pretty mobile. Okay, he's not um, as mobile as like a Zach Wilson or you know Lamar Jackson, obviously. Okay, uh, what I liked, I liked everything that you talked about. I think that were all good points. I would probably bring in Case Keenum from the Browns as a backup quarterback. Uh, you, you mentioned something in your, your podcast about uh, Zach Wilson went down a few times or was out for a little bit last season. I would just bring him in. Uh, I want, I think the Browns are, might cut him or they've talked about cutting him. But I think if they case Keenum or any kind of veteran quarterback comes in, I'm not saying he'll be the starter, but he would be able to one, help Zach Wilson as, as like a teaching role. And I think he'd be – if Zach Wilson goes down, he'd be sufficient. Now, whether that's Casey Keenum, uh, maybe, I don't know, Brian Hoyer, uh, but some kind of veteran guy that if Zach Wilson uh, is out for like a game or two, he could fill in or or he could just be a teacher, you know, like because Zach Wilson's a young quarterback and he's going to need to learn as much as he can. That's my only comment with that. Everything else sounded great, though. I'm taking over for the Dolphins, and the Dolphins have a whopping $61 million in cap. So they have the highest open cap space in the league. And looking at this team, they got the three biggest needs that I've seen. They have uh, they need help on the O-line. They could use a running back. And while Waddle in his rookie year has been great for him, they could uh, use some more depth in uh, the wide receiver room. So Cuts, trades, I only got two or three. Um, Eric Rowe, he's a safety. If you cut him, he's 
saves 4.5 million. But I mean, the main reason is he's not getting used that much. He's seeing a lot less play time. So I feel like it's just better to cut him, save the money, save the roster spot. And then Devontae Parker, he's a wide receiver. He's been just unreliable lately, dropping some passes. So I could definitely see them going into free agency with that cap and, uh, you know, making an upgrade. Uh, somebody else that uh, I can see them uh, going for is uh, re-signing Xavier Howard, the cornerback. He's just getting off a very team-friendly deal with the team, and I could – I definitely feel like he earned a big contract with them. So I hope he gets paid this off season. And then for uh, free agent signings, I would love to see them go for somebody like Leonard Fournette from the Buccaneers or Alvin Kamara. If the saints can be talked into trading them because their cap space is so bad that they might be willing to give him up for relatively cheap because he's such a, you know, expensive uh, running back. And then I also have them going, getting, trying to get Morgan Moses from the Jets. Sorry, Dom. Trent Brown <laughs> from the Patriots or Taron Armstead from the Saints, another Saints uh, cap casualty who, I mean, he's dealt with some injuries, but I definitely think he uh, is good enough to be a starter on this team. And then in the draft first round, I wouldn't even try to go for O-line just because there's so many people or teams that are going to be drafting for O-line. So I think they're going to go wide receiver first round, second round O-line, third round defensive tackle. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I'd have to uh, somewhat agree. But I do have a question. How does the Brian Flores releasing uh, affect their essential game plan? Uh, you mean the them getting rid of them? Yeah. That I'm not really sure because I've heard that rumors that him and Tua didn't get along. So, and I have really no idea what the new guy's going to be like. I know. I mean, we've all heard the accusations that he got paid to lose all that stuff. So that might affect team morale, but I don't think in terms of the game plan, it's going to affect them too much. I think uh, with the new head coach coming in, they're going to try to build around Tua this year instead of, I know a lot of people want them to bring in like um, Deshaun Watson or some really big name, but I think they're just going to keep Tua built around him. Yeah, I think that definitely is a solid choice to go with because while he hasn't been spectacular, I guess you could say, he has been pretty decent with what he's been given. And, I mean, like with his rookie year, I mean, every time he made a mistake, they pulled him and put in Fitzmagic. So last year was his first real year of, you know, getting the whole season to start and see what he's made of. I do agree that I think they really need to start building around Tua, especially because um, their new coach, uh, Mike McDaniel, he comes from like the, the Kyle Shanahan West Coast style offense, which I think um, Tua fits pretty well. So I, I think this, like like you said, bringing in a couple weapons to, to build around him, letting Devontae Parker go. This team is good. You know, I, there's just some holes that, that need to be filled. But overall, yeah, I think this is a pretty good team. We'll see. I, I still think that Brian Flores should be the head coach. I don't think he should have been let go. But um, Mike McDaniel, he's not a bad offensive mind. So I think scheme-wise, I think they'll be fine. 
And I, I agree. I, I really wish Brian Flores didn't get released, but this team has a lot of potential, and I think they could go places. And I'm, I'm going to add to this real quick in the sense that the AFC East is probably the one division where you can't exactly pick out one potential winner of the division because outside of the Jets, it's just cleaning up the rough edges for most of the teams. And it's just a matter of finding those players and cleaning that up. All right. Then we're moving on to the NFC East. And we got uh, David taking over for America's team, the Cowboys. (laughs) Well, let's just say I have some luck with uh, finding teams with very bad cap space. (laughs) Um, So first things first, team needs include... Safety, defensive tackle, offensive lineman, and some linebacker depth. And like I said before, um, my luck is the team has a negative $26.1 million in cap space. So, yay, me. Um, So, first things first, I would trade guard Zach Martin. I know that. Interesting. They need offensive linemen, but at the same time, the guy is on the wrong side of 30, making $11 million. So I'll get okay. I'll get rid, rid of him and trade him for either a younger guard and a draft pick or just an earlier round draft pick or a, a couple of mid to late draft picks. Um, this would try and add either more depth to the chart or they allow the opportunity to create more depth to the draft. Then I would get rid of corner CJ Goodwin for some late round draft picks. He really hasn't done much for the defense since he was signed to the team and is now 32 years old and would create a little bit more cap space as well. And then I would get rid of corner Anthony Brown He's entering his last year of his deal making $5 million. So trade him for some mid to late draft picks. As you know, I'm a, a guy with who likes to get draft picks. I was like, get as much young potential as you can, no matter what team you're on, because at the very least you're getting more depth and for relatively cheap. And with the draft picks, again, through the draft simulator that I used, Uh, I would trade the 24th for the 39th and 71st. Uh, Then I would get Nicholas Petit Frerier from Ohio State and then trade the 56th and and a 2023 6th round pick for the 82nd and uh, 121st as well as the Indianapolis 23 second round pick. That's all that I have for now because I wasn't able to get that far into the simulator for either team. Um, but, yeah, what do you guys think? I think it's okay. I think you look at where the Cowboys are. Um, I wouldn't be so inclined to trade someone like Zach Martin just because, yeah, he's, what, 32? I want to say he's 32. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when he's on the field, he's one of the best guards in football. Um, with, without a doubt, he's one of the best offensive linemen in general in football. Um, so I, I wouldn't be too inclined to trade him, but if I do, I'm, I want to haul for him. I want, 
uh, you know, some pretty high draft picks for him. But yeah, I, I agree. They got to do, they got to restructure some deals, um, trade some players away, maybe cut some players. But overall, yeah, I, I do agree with a lot of what you said. I would personally keep Martin and, and get rid of or trade Ezekiel Elliott. That's just me. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I, I guess if I had a, if I had to pick between the two, I would be more offensive line oriented and maybe get a running back in the draft or something like that. Um, but I don't think I would get rid of Martin. I just, I just, that's something I won't, wouldn't do. Well, I mean, running back's one of those weird positions, right? You can get a starting caliber running back late in the draft. You don't need a first round pick. I mean, you look at Tony Pollard, Zeke's backup. He was drafted, what, fourth or fifth round? And yeah. I mean, you can make the argument that he's just as good as Zeke. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, trading Zeke definitely could be a good option because you can still, you know, you can you can get a haul for him. You can clear a lot of cap space. You can get a lot of draft picks for him. Mm-hmm. All right. We're moving on to uh, John, who's going to be taking over for the Eagles. Okay. Uh, I think the Eagles, they have a 21.5 million cap space. Uh, they got, got like three first round picks and or for three three picks in the first round. You know, I just see them. I just see them going through draft and free agency. I don't know if I. I originally when I wrote down my notes, I had them trading for OBJ. I'm going to take that back because I don't think OJ, OBJ is at, at that good of an option just because he's just not healthy. But on the defensive side. I'd maybe trade for defensive end Harold Landry or maybe even Bobby Wagner. Um, and then I I don't think they need to trade or to sign or to draft a quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts could be the guy. I don't know if that's completely solidified yet, but I just think it's just too early right now to just get rid of them and start over with quarterback. I think the Eagles have a very good chance of being a very good team. I mean, they made the playoffs last year, and I think they're only going to get better through draft and free agency. If maybe I, if I had a pick, I'm going to hate this because I really like the guy. Maybe they could get to Landry to help Jalen Hurts out, or maybe even Calvin Ridley, just so we can have more weapons. Originally, I had uh, OBJ, them getting OBJ, but I, I changed that because of his health. Uh, but no, I, I think that the Eagles could could maybe win the division in the NFC East just because they have a lot of cap space. Um, it's been there's been inf- there's been news about them cutting some players. Uh, I read an article early today that they could have cap space up to thirty million if they cut some players and re re uh, restructure contracts. So. I, I, I guess the, you know the, as far as free agency and and draft picks, they have a lot of breathing room to 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 do really well. Plus, they have a twenty one point five million dollar cap space before cuts and restructures even happen. So, if they cut some guys, they restructure some guys. It can even be more than that, up up to thirty million. So that's that's what I would do. I mean, they're in a weak division, so I, I think it's really between them and Dallas as far as the division leads. But um, that, if I was a GM for the Philadelphia Eagles, that's the directions I would go. All right, then I'll uh, let you take over for the newly named Commanders. Cool. So looking at this roster, there's not 
that many holes on this roster. There, there's a couple, but they can be filled pretty easily. This is a team that could be uh, a team that contends for the playoffs, especially in a weak NFC East. So the first couple moves I would – so looking at their cap situation right now, they're at about $38 million in cap space, which, again, is one of the – they're one of the teams with the most cap room going into the offseason. But there are a couple cuts that I would make. I would start by cutting Landon Collins. I think he's past his prime, and he's due to make quite a bit of money this year. Um, they would save about $6 million if they were to cut him. Um, then I would also cut um, offensive lineman Eric Flowers. Doing so clears up about $10 million in cap space, so they'll go into free agency in the draft with about $48 mil in cap space. Moving on, I would re-sign J.D. McKissick. He was a pretty reliable running back for them, especially receiving out of the backfield. Him and Antonio Gibson, I think, could be a pretty good one-two combo. I would re-sign linebacker John Bostic. I would also re-sign safety Bobby McLean and uh, tight end Ricky Seals-Jones. Then moving into free agency, I would pick up a tight end, Mike Gusecki, um, to pair him with Ricky Seals-Jones. You look at a lot of teams now, they have – you know, two to three tight ends that could be pretty good weapons for them. So if you have both Ricky Seals-Jones and Mike Gusecki out there on the, on the field at the same time, those are two pretty good receiving targets for um, whoever they're going to have quarterback. Um, next, I would get center Ryan Jansen. He's one of the better centers in the league. I mean, you look at how he played for Tampa Bay. He really solidified that offensive line and – you, you know, the center really anchors that offensive line. So having a, a good center is pretty important. Next, I would add some depth to that defensive line, which is already pretty deep, but you can never have too much defensive line depth. I would go get Randy Gregory coming off of a pretty pretty good year with the Cowboys. I think he would be a pretty good pickup for him. Next, I would go add some depth to that wide receiver room because I think that's one of the biggest weaknesses on this team. I would go get Russell Gage, uh, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons. He's a younger wide receiver. Uh, he's had some limited playing time, but when he's played, he's really shown that he has some deep threat potential and he's a good, reliable pass catcher. And he, he just scores touchdowns. You know, that's... Well, most of where his production lies is just getting touchdowns. Um, next, I would also add some depth to the offensive line. Again, I would go get Austin Corbett, um, formerly of the Los Angeles Los Angeles Rams. He was their starting guard. I think he can step into this offensive line and start right away for them um, at that right guard position. And then to round it out in free agency, I would go get quarterback Tyrod Taylor to – act as my backup quarterback. I think he's a leader. He's shown that he's a good backup to, you know, a decent starter when he's called upon. And I think he's just a great locker room presence. Moving on to the draft, I would right off the bat, I would go get Malik Willis. I think out of all the quarterbacks in this draft, he may not be the most finished product right now, but he's arguably the best quarterback in the draft and he has the highest upside. So I think you go get him, you got your quarterback. I think he's going to be solid, really solid for years to come. Um, next, I would go get 
interior defensive lineman, Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. Anyone on that Georgia defense, man, they are solid. So I think picking him up only adds more depth to that already good defensive line. And I think that's going to be key for them going forward. Next, I would go get linebacker Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin. One of the best peer tacklers and just one of the best linebackers in the draft. I think he can come in and compete for pretty significant playing time, if not start midway through the season. I think he could be a really good pickup for them. Next, I would go get my Landon Collins replacement and get Kirby Joseph, safety out of Illinois. Then adding more depth to the wide receiver room, I'd go get Kyle Phillips, wide receiver out of UCLA. To round things out, I would get running back Zaquandre White out of South Carolina. Add some more depth to the running back room. Antonio Gibson, he's had some injury issues. So if he goes down, um, White can come in and act as that backup role because if Gibson goes down, then you'll see J.D. McKissick getting a lot of the snaps. You definitely filled in a lot of the team needs. Talk about drafting Malik Wills, quarterback Liberty. Mm-hmm. What made you want to draft him instead of looking for a quarterback at free agency? I think a lot of the, the free agent quarterbacks, I think they're, they're not going to be franchise guys. I okay. think they're more so bridge quarterbacks. So I, I think going and drafting Malik Wills, he's got the highest upside. I think, you know, if things were to go as planned, I think he can be a, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Okay. Um, so you know, right now, just pure talent wise, he's arguably the best quarterback in the draft and he has the most upside. So I think that's kind of a no brainer pick for a team that's just a quarterback away from really being a playoff contender. Well, and then bringing in a quarterback like Tyron Taylor, who's got the experience of being a starting quarterback, leading a team to the playoffs. He can really be a good mentor to Malik Wills. And yeah. if needed, he can come in and their, their play styles are pretty similar. So they're not going to have to completely change their offense. If okay. Wills to go down. Okay. I guess, I guess if I were me, I try to get with the salary cap that they have. I, I maybe try to get like a, a quarterback free agency, but that's just me. And not to mention, I I forget to add, uh, but Tyrod Taylor has been the mentor to a lot of quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, yeah. he's the accidental bridge quarterback to <laughs> quite a few players. Um, Including Baker Mayfield, when you think about it. Well, and Herbert. But, I mean, I'm looking at the, the free agent quarterbacks right now. I mean, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who – it should probably retire. Um, <laughs> his style of quarterbacking is kind of not what the league is going towards now. Um, then you got Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota. Th- those aren't really guys that I would want to have as my quarterback long-term, you know, mm-hmm. they, all these guys I would sign as backups. So if I'm going to sign anyone, I'm going to go sign the guy that's a known leader and great locker room presence and could be a mentor to um, a quarterback that has a similar style of play. Okay. I think that makes sense to me. Works for me. All right. Moving on to the last team of the night, we got the New York Giants who are coming in with a uh, negative cap space. They're down 12 million, which I mean, 
they'll be able to clear by making some cuts and restructures, but still not great for, you know, a team that has this main needs to be in the negatives. Uh, their three big needs are going to be interior line offensive tackle. And I'm just going to say, it, I'm not really impressed with Daniel Jones. So I'm going to put QB on there. So for uh, cuts and trades, uh, two people that I would cut or at least try to trade away, Blake Martinez, he's a linebacker. Cutting him would save $8.5 million. Uh, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries, so it's just he's not really worth keeping on the team for how much you know he earns. And then uh, Kyle Rudolph, who's a tight end, cutting him would save $5 million, and he just hasn't been you know having the production that he should. Uh, somebody that I would go and try to at least restructure his contract would be uh, James Bradbury. And barring if that doesn't work, I would at least then try to trade him because that would save 12 million cap space. So that would open up a lot for this team. And then uh, people I try to sign, uh, Lakin Tomlinson is a guard, so he would help with that O-line. And then Evan Egram, way too expensive. Can't. There's no way the Giants are going to be able to bring him back. So I would sign a tight end Mo Ali Cox to just replace him. He's from the Colts and he's done a great job with that team. And then for the big one is who would I get to, you know, bring in for quarterback and Dan Jones, he's still got a year possibly to it to go with his uh, fifth year extension. So I'm going to go with the bridge quarterback slash somebody to come in and try to put some pressure on, make some competition. So I got three quarterbacks I'm kind of looking for. One is um, the least likely that I think this team will get, which is Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he's got starting uh, experience with the Bears. He's a free agent. But I think uh, there's going to be teams with a lot more cap space. They're going to be able to offer a lot more for him. Uh, the next guy would be Marcus Mariota. I think uh, he is ready to at least give himself a, another try at being a starter. And I think he would do a good job kind of pushing Daniel Jones. And the uh, last one, which this one I could see happening, is uh, getting Case Keenum from the Browns. I mean, he started, what, two games this season? And he did really well in both of them. I mean, he took over for Baker Mayfield. There could be an argument said that he should have started a lot more based on how that season went. So I could definitely see them making a play for him. And then uh, for the Giants, they do have two first rounds, a fifth overall and a seventh overall. Uh, for the first one, I got them taking Charles Cross for the O-line. I mean, this guy is got a ton of talent. I could definitely see him being a staple of that line for years to come. And then for the uh, seventh overall, I want to say give them another person on the O-line, but if there's a really good edge rusher still available, which, I mean, with how deep this class is with edge rushers and how early that pick is, there's bound to be. I really tempted to go ahead and pick an edge rusher for him. And then uh, other than that, just fill out, fill out O-linemen, some tight ends, in the draft, what do you guys think? I think the only comment that I would make is at the, the quarterback position, you know, uh, we see a lot of people saying, oh, just bring in a bridge quarterback, bring in someone for competition. If you have to bring in competition to not, I guess, not incentivize your, your current starter to play better, but 
could potentially replace your starting quarterback, that means you're not sold on this guy long-term. So you might as well just move on from him now. So yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're thinking about bringing in competition, you might as well just, just trade Daniel Jones for whatever you can get for him. Go sign your bridge quarterback and then draft someone. I was really caught up between because, I mean, you got two very early first rounds. They could easily take the fifth overall pick and uh, pick somebody. I, I am interested to see how Daniel Jones plays without Joe Judge as his quarterback because I, I think Judge was such a bad coach. It kind of hindered Jones' development. So I'm kind of interested to see how he plays and if he can develop without Joe Judge uh, head coach. Yeah, because it's, it's like, yeah, Daniel Jones hasn't been impressive. But then again, when you look at it, he, he's never been given anything to really work with. You can say the same thing about Saquon Barkley. I mean, he was the best running back in the entire draft when he came in to the league. But he hasn't really done anything of noteworthy because he had no offensive line to cover him. So well, and, and his injuries. Yeah, and, injuries. So I was just about to say that. But that could also be as a result of having no offensive line. Yeah. I like your ideas with fixing the offensive line. I think that is first and foremost uh, before you're getting a quarterback in the draft. Because, um, yeah, obviously your quarterback is the most important character or player on your team, but without an offensive line, your most important player can't really do anything. If you if you're gonna get, bring in somebody to be compa- uh, be competition to Daniel Jones, then you obviously lost faith in Daniel Jones. So I would just cut him, trade him, you know, do something to get rid of him or get get him get something for him, and maybe sign a quarterback in the draft or free agency. But yeah, that's that's the one comment I would have. Everything else sounded great. It was just I, I'd have to agree with Dom on that. All right, so that about wraps up this uh, episode. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, two-minute drill listeners, until next time.